Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right. This should be one of our longer episodes of the season. We have a ton to get to. We're going to go through playoff scenarios. We're going to preview all 10 conference championship games. Uh, But first, we have a very long list of of new head coaches, and we will start with Mike Elko to Texas A&M. Looked for a minute there on Twitter like it was going to be Mark Stoops as as their next head coach but uh but that changed and it's elko from from duke so what do you think about that trey well yeah you touched on the stoops thing that that whole thing was was bizarre i wonder if there was some fan and booster kind of outrage that changed things or or if stoops really wanted to change uh, or wanted to stay but whatever um but yeah going with the former aggie assistant in elko um someone on the defensive side for for a change been kind of more offensive sided our offensive-minded coaches for for the Aggies, really, I guess, since they were saying since R.C. Slocum back in the day. Um, he did well at Duke, ACC Coach of the Year last year. This year could have gone even better. You can't just solely look at the record. They they lost Riley Leonard to injury, um, or at least he had to battle through injury uh, for the second half of the season. And he, he's got plenty of potential, obviously, to tap into at A&M. I'm just personally curious if he's the one that can finally get them over the hump. Yeah, I mean it's a fine hire. He's you can't ask for have for him to have done a better job at Duke. So that's kind of the positive of it. It's why it makes sense. But the the negative I guess is that it's a little worrisome anytime you're hiring a, a coach who has so little experience as a head coach at a program like Texas A&M who of course can seemingly shell out money for for just about anybody so it's not it's not like a grand slam home run hire um because when you right. look at coaches who like it's it's been two years like you said for elko at duke look at what you would have thought about dave aranda after two years at baylor we all thought he was the greatest sam Pittman at arkansas mel tucker at michigan state there's plenty of coaches who looked really great but then now either the jury is 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 out on them or but solid yep i i hear you all right moving on to jonathan smith going from oregon state to michigan state what are uh, your thoughts i love this hire i i just if if it was jonathan smith going to an ohio state or a florida or somewhere where you need not only a really good coach but one of those elite recruiters because na- it's national championship or bust then maybe I would be questioning it, but I think Michigan state is a perfect fit for him. Just good, solid coach. Who's gonna, you know, he can take their top 25, top 30 recruiting classes, whatever they are and coach them up. I I think he can be, he can have as much success as Mark D'Antonio did. That's a very high bar, but I think he's the type of coach that could do that. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he, he can, you know, elevate the, the floor there. The bottom kind of seemed to fall out recently, of course, um and we're we're big Jonathan Smith guys of course but the only concern is he's doing this now in a footprint that he's not familiar with um you know and it, and it, I and so I I don't really have doubts but that if you were pessimistic about it that would be something you would look at um but overall to me the my thought on this is it's just it's just kind of sad that it's a move that he almost had to make to he had to leave his alma mater just because of all the realignment. Like if the PAC 12 was still intact and none of this realignment had just occurred, I genuinely would love to know if he actually would have left. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think he would. I don't think he would have. I mean, it's, yeah, it's his alma mater. It. They would have pointed up maybe not thing. as much as Michigan State, but they would have tried. So, yeah. Um, but it's a, okay, it's a well, great hire. It is, yeah. And so Oregon State uh, has just been announced as we're we're recording this has promoted uh, defensive coordinator Trent Bray to their head coaching job. And, you know, I don't mind it. Uh, it's not like Trent Bray was a, you know, a huge candidate for other jobs. But when when a program's doing really well, I typically don't mind promoting from within and trying to keep things, you know, as constant as you can. Yep. And, and so it's, they're familiar with what's going on. Exactly. And it's honestly not on the open market. I don't know how much interest there would be in Oregon State at this point with, like you said, with the realignment. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Uh, Jeff Lebby is going from offensive coordinator at Oklahoma to the head coach at Mississippi State. They were carrying the athletic director on their shoulders after this hire. What do do you think, Trey? Yeah, that's a bold, bold move. (laughs) It's a bit much. (laughs) I... Coaching coaching hires are my least favorite thing I think to talk about or, or predict on on this podcast. I don't mind predicting anything else, but predicting coaches is such a freaking crapshoot. Like yeah. I think Le- I think Levy deserved a head coaching job, no doubt about it. He had success at Ole Miss, Oklahoma, um, even like UCF before that. I just when I look at this, I think Mississippi State is a very hard place to win. Um, it's a great hire for them in terms of focusing on offense. We saw that side of the ball just fall into the pits after you know the passing of Leach this past year. Um, he's done great with quarterbacks like Matt Corral, uh, Dylan Gabriel recently. He worked with Mackenzie Milton before, so he's got the pedigree. He I'm, he definitely deserves it. I'm just not sure what he'll do now running a program for the first time. Yeah, it's just uh, who knows. We'll see. Like yeah, he's been a great offensive coach. Um, but you don't know how he'll be as a head coach. And of course, off the field, there's, there's controversy with him and having Art Bryles on the field at OU, I think, of course, rub people the wrong way for, for good reason. But, uh, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Um, kind of some old news, but we, we didn't quite get to David Braun, uh, being given the full-time job at Northwestern. What do you think? I think it's a no brainer. I mean, he was, I think it was just named the, the big 10 coach of the year um yeah had, and had to he had to. he deserved it they were they i thought they were going to go two and oh. ten or something yeah. like that and they end up going seven and five just seven and five is insane i would have uh, yeah i never would have guessed that they were a little bit lucky to get there but i if you'd have told me that northwestern got lucky i'd be like oh well they went four and eight no no, no they went right. seven and five just wild so you might as well give them a shot to, to yeah and if, even job. if you like even if you ignore like them going one and eleven last year, just all the turmoil and just being the interim guy and having to deal with all this, like, and most sometimes the interim guy I don't think deserves it or whatever, but he one hundred percent, one thousand percent deserves it. Okay. Uh, next firing we have was uh, Tom Allen at Indiana, and you know he had a couple good years in in very good years, 2019, 2020, but you could partially credit that to uh Kalen DeBoer's impact on that offense other than that it was five losing seasons in the last three years three and 24 in Big Ten play um so I I agree with the firing but man they they are paying some big time money 15 million dollar buyout which 
that's Lofty. nowadays you hear that and it's like oh, it doesn't sound like that much but like no that's just because we're used to hearing what jimbo is is getting right. fired for but that's one of the highest in college football history so pretty wild they are um showing a, a commitment to to trying to get better john gruden is somehow <laughs> a rumored candidate yet again that's just see is, it just for the the show that would be crazy that is very very crazy the candidate i always like for these jobs is kind of a lower level p5 job is dan mullen not sure if there's mutual interest there but uh there's with a job like indiana there's just too many candidates to even name so right we'll wait and see all right uh dana holgerson fired at houston um so this is kind of a plug for our, our Patreon, because I think it was only in the Patreon, but one of my bold takes in the off season, we had an episode back in, I think it was in April, it was called Call Your Shot, that we did for the pat- patrons, and one of my bold takes was that this would happen, that Holgerson would get fired, you know, he had just come off the contract extension, had su- some success uh, a, a couple years back, he had that 12-win season, but I just, you could see last year there were... I think they won eight games, but there were some cracks because they had some lofty expectations. Um, now they're f- obviously they were four and eight this year. They they kind of they felt like it was time because this was year one of the Big Twelve for them. They don't want to just all of a sudden fall fall behind everyone else. They they can still spend with with some of them. They want to be relevant. Um, part part two of my bold take there yeah. was Cliff Kingsbury coming to Houston, and he's he's at least been named. Like as a he's candidate. the betting favorite, uh, you know. These, Is he really? Odds don't mean much in in with these type of things because the the betting limits are so low. But he is the favorite. Holy smoke! The fact that 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 that's a win. <laughs> I'll take that win right now. Yeah, you got um, half a win there already. I'll take that. But 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 seriously, there's others like Jeff Trailer, um, Willie Fritz have been mentioned. I would love them both, especially Trailer for me. Just I I really yeah. like him at UTSA, and and even that's though it. going to Houston Big Twelve, I think it'd be a good move. But go Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I'm trying to remember what one of my. Well, we've had a, several Collier shots. I'll have to go back and listen. We'll to go that back for our uh, hits see and misses if I had any. in another episode. But it's sometimes fun to just go back to random old episodes just to listen to predictions yeah, and things. I, and how stupid was I? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things are are stupid when you go back a few years. Uh, okay. Terry Bowden fired at ULM. Not much of an opinion here. They went four and eight his first couple of years, which is honestly not terrible there. And then I think it was two and ten uh, here in year three. So it just doesn't send a good message to fans and boosters if you keep them around. It's not. Maybe it's a little unfair, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. Uh, Danny Gonzalez got fired at New Mexico. Not totally surprising. Um, they did. They went four and eight, and when and that was his best year. Um, I do think they were starting to be at least a little competitive. So I think the next guy that comes in can at least have a, a chance to make them at least out of get them out of the cellar. Okay. This is a cr- crazy firing in the sense that he's been there so long. Rick Stockstill at Middle Tennessee after 18 years. Wow. I don't think it needed to be done. Like they went four and eight this year, but they were eight and five and seven and six in the two years prior. Um, so when you look at that, you're like, wow, that's a quick trigger. But Apparently the fans were becoming apathetic and that matters. Like I don't have my finger on the pulse of, of what right. middle Tennessee fans are Raiders. thinking, but if fans are over, yeah, if fans are over a coach, then, you know, it's, there's not much harm in firing him. It's not like he's, you know, going 10 and two every year. So, uh, yeah, it's worth a shot. Agreeing. 
Dana Dimmel fired at UTEP. Um, he inherited maybe the worst program in the country and actually led them to a bowl game in 2021. It was their first one, I think, since 2014. But but the last couple of seasons, they've fallen back 3-9 and nine this year. Makes sense trying to invigorate some new blood in the program. All right, two more coaches. There's a lot here, but Syracuse has hired Georgia defensive backs coach Fran Brown to be their next head coach. He's obviously done a great job as a position coach at Georgia, and he's known as one of the best recruiters in the country. So I like that. I typically prefer hiring someone who was well, an experienced head coach when you're in the Power Five, you know, even if you have to go down to FCS or, or G5. Um, but I don't really, I don't have any data to prove that that actually works better. It's yeah. just kind of my personal preference. So I'm sure he interviewed well and is highly thought of. We'll see. All right. And then uh, might be our final one. Sean Lewis is now the head coach, supposedly, at San Diego State. Love the hire. Good for him Love getting it. the gig after after the way Dion kind of handled, handled him this year, um, you know, kind of demoting him. Uh, but good it, for the Aztecs. They needed that because their offense has been so bad recently, 112th in SP plus this year and might bring a more ex- exciting brand to Snapdragon stadium near us. Mike, maybe if he gets it rolling, we'll, we'll go see a game. Yeah. I just, I went to uh, Costco the other day in mission Valley and oh, yeah, by right Snapdragon. There. It was actually right as the, it was like, it was late on Saturday. So San Diego state was actually playing oh, yeah. at the time against Fresno, but, um, yeah, uh, I have. Have you been to a game at Snapdragon? I have not. Neither have I. But well, but it's so I I like it because I know San Diego State has been v- extremely successful with basically being G five Iowa for for a long yeah. time. But now that it's you know they've had a bad year or two, you might as well uh, you know if you're going a different direction, might as well have a fun offense. Like it's not. Even when San Diego State's good, it's not necessarily wasn't fun to watch. So right. Just Sean Lewis, good coach. I, I, I like him. Um, okay, let's uh, finish with coaching carousel. Let's get to some quick takeaways from last weekend. Uh, get us started, Trey. Got to go with the game, Michigan Ohio State. Yes. Uh, and and when I was thinking about this game three the number three ended up being the key number in this one so michigan they've obviously now won three in a row against the buckeyes they won three games without harbaugh during the suspension they're now in their third straight big 10 title favored to go to their third straight playoff um they're and i think in this game alone the kicker james turner he was three for three on field goals three pointers uh so you, you know you get my theme there but but his last kick and you and your tray I'm Trey, so Which is just, three. yeah, all the the synergies there, but but um, his last kick put them up six, uh, you know, and it forced Ohio State and Kyle McCord to have to drive the field and score on them, and and similar to the kind of the whole season, the offense couldn't just couldn't do quite enough. I mean, I know it's hard going up against the Michigan defense, like that's no easy task, but McCord threw a couple picks on this one. And you know this was a game that Harbaugh would be proud of. Like it, they passed, they passed effectively when they needed to. Um, they dominated via the, the ground game. Play great defense. McCarthy, he he wasn't asked to throw a bunch, but he was. I think he was like sixteen and twenty, very efficient when when he did. He had that one incredible pass that went split the defenders and 
Um, yeah, a little controversial. You didn't know if he scored before he got in the end zone or if Ohio State actually pulled it away and got the pick, but that was um, close. I think it was that really one would have stayed with the call in the field, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, but the hail to the victors on the Saturday, they, they got it done. Just crazy. The odds that you would have gotten on, uh, Michigan to win three in a row three years ago would have been crazy. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have anything to add there. I mean, what do you think of Ryan Day? I think I think he's a bum and should be fired. <laughs> no, that's I mean, I, I don't know how I'm sure there's a contingent of Ohio State fans that want that or want him on the hot seat. I think just think that's crazy. I mean, I'm, I didn't come into this podcast prepared with his record, but he has an absolutely no, insanely it, good record. It's incredible. It's, he's made a national championship. He last last year was a field goal away from probably winning the national championship because if they beat Georgia, they'll probably beat yeah. TCU. So it's just it's one of those things where you just keep going. Like you, you don't have to be happy that he's lost to Michigan three years in a row, but if he keeps doing what he's doing, they keep recruiting the way they are, putting out great teams, then eventually they will, well, they'll be beating Michigan and, and um, you know, potentially winning a national title. So anyway, that's uh, definitely first world problems for for Ohio State. Um, okay. I got to get to a couple of crazy endings. We, of course, got to bring up Alabama somehow beating Auburn. They had fourth and goal from the 31-yard line, which is just like, you're done. You're done. Game over. Fourth and goal from the 31. And Auburn rushes two and spy has one spy, which is an interesting, interesting move. And so he had a bunch of time and he found isaiah bond in the corner of the end zone just crazy a little bit of payback for the kick six of course not not quite as epic and uh but we'll see i mean if alabama this kept them alive in the playoff if they go beat georgia make the playoff win the title then that'll definitely <laughs> oh, it's just so nuts remember. it's gonna Auburn be too oh just heartbreaking i can't <laughs> i haven't experienced something like that to my team that i that i can think of like I remember US if if I were a USC fan in 2005 that would oh, have been the Texas game yeah the Texas game though it wasn't like a Hail Mary or anything like that right. but that would have hurt yeah this was um, a miracle almost yeah no it was um and then another crazy ending got to bring up not quite as crazy but Oklahoma State needed a win to get to the Big 12 title big big favorite against BYU and they um they were down 24 to 6 at, at halftime they come storming back. They end up taking a 27-24 lead with under a minute. Missed the, the extra point. It gets blocked, I think. And so, of course, BYU comes down, hits a 48-yard field goal. <laughs> time expires. Go to overtime. And eventually in double overtime, um, I think it was Isaac Rex makes a catch. And the Oklahoma State defender just ripped it away from him. And, yeah. and that, that ended it, which I'm kind of surprised doesn't happen more often. Uh, but it was a great play. And just huge for Oklahoma State uh, to because if they would have lost, it would have been OU right in the it Big was it would have been so was, Bedlam two point yeah. the way yeah. that everyone else the, the way the scenario played out yeah because because K State lost I think yeah or I don't know if that anyway that's what it would have been yep all right I got to talk about now the Apple Cup man the Huskies they they just keep skating by somehow but they're twelve and zero good for them. Um, it was the you know the final Apple Cup as as Pac twelve foe, foes, the Cougars 
they gave the Huskies all they could handle, had chances to beat them, just couldn't do it. And Kalen DeBoer, you know, obviously, you know, if you've listened to us, we we love him, but made one of the gutsiest calls of the year going for it. His own 29, fourth and one with just over a minute left. Like the game is tied. Uh, you know, they don't get it. They probably lose. Um, it's just, and you know, they ended up flipping it to their best player, Odunze, and takes it for a run <laughs> that pro- propels them to get into field goal range and, and nail the game winner. But um, it, watching the game, the Cougs were probably better. Uh, Cam Ward outplayed Michael Panics. They just, they just couldn't make, you know, one more play. But again, the Huskies, they've won, what is it? The last eight games have been by 10 or fewer points. Six of those were, were one score. And those other two were toss up in the fourth quarter. Like, but DeBoer's guts won them this game. Yep. Yep. That was a, that was a crazy one. My upset special wazoo couldn't quite come through. So close. So two teams who, maybe needed some some dominant wins got them on saturday oh actually was oregon oregon state man it's, it feels like it's been forever since this game was that is that on friday no. it was friday it was friday they were, okay. and texas was friday oh both of them were on friday oh yeah, yeah. wait this was thanksgiving this past weekend oh yeah duh okay yeah we're anyway Whew, thanksgiving feels like forever ago i, just, I don't <laughs> know weird why how it just that week just like ends and it's done all right so Oregon beat Oregon State 31 to 7. Uh we'll of course get to playoff scenarios in a little bit, but that maybe cemented their status as as win and in to the playoff. I can't say that 100%, but maybe. Uh and then Texas over Texas Tech 57 to 7. Defense completely dominated. Not good enough to pass Oregon up in the uh the playoff rankings, but a dominant win like this will help them if they're getting compared to, say, Alabama or yep. or someone else on Selection Sunday. Um, Agreed. Yeah. All right. Um, last takeaway for me, and I'm going to touch on the North Carolina State, North Carolina game. So NC State, 504 yards, had the ball for 40 minutes, scored on its first eight drives. They win 39-20 to 20 going away. They get nine wins on the year. Great job by Dave Doran. Um, but really a disappointing year for the Tar Heels. They, they finished eight and four. They started with so much promise. They were six and oh, yet Drake May's likely final year. It's just, and they were down 23 nothing just in this game. And the Wolfpack just kind of cruised like not, not the, the greatest look for the Tar Heels. Um, but I will say another takeaway on this is Brennan Armstrong. He's a guy you can root for because. He, he didn't play well early in the season, got benched for MJ Morris. And apparently he ended up rallying the team and just and saying, like, I'm going to get behind Morris. I want everyone else to. And then now since he's been thrust back into the lineup with with Morris out the last few games, he's been like the old Brennan Armstrong. Like he's been lighting it up. Um, so so good for him. And if they win their bowl game, they'll have 10 wins. It'll be their second 10 win pr- season in program history. Pretty crazy. Uh, kind of quietly Great. this year. I Under the like. radar, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, last takeaway from, from last week. Florida State stays alive in the playoff hunt. They beat Florida 24-15. to 15. Got off to a terrible start offensively. Yeah. Uh, Rodemaker and the running game couldn't really... Without Jordan Travis, they had to have this game. They have to have the conference title because, of course, they're not yeah. going to get the, the benefit of the doubt with, with the committee. 
Uh, so speaking of the committee, let's get to some playoff scenarios. This huh. is a fun year for it. Like it sometimes. Is. There's a couple teams by this time that have already locked up spots pretty much or big favorites to get it. But, I mean, now there's, you know, there are eight teams uh, I, we'll get to that that conceivably have a chance. So let's start out with the scenario we should start out with. Let's say every favorite wins this weekend. Which four teams are in in that case? So this is, I think, the easiest scenario for the committee. Um, of course, mm-hmm. Georgia... Michigan, and then yeah. Florida State and Oregon, because Oregon's favorite over Washington, obviously, even though they're behind them in the, the ranking. So I think that's the easiest scenario for the committee. Do you agree? Do you? Uh oh, I, I I just everything froze for me. We're over Stuttgart oh. having some issues, but did you? So you I, I I just said this was the easiest scenario with those yeah. four. Do you you agree? Yeah, uh, yeah, especially with the. With Oregon being, I think, two spots ahead of Texas in these latest yes. yeah, they playoff Ohio rankings, like between. it's just there's just no way for Texas to pass up Oregon. Like it's just not no. Because even if Oregon imagine. wins by one, it's still a very, very obviously a very good win. Yeah. And if Texas beating wins a better by team. sixty, they're not. Yeah, I mean, and something very extreme like that, I guess who knows? But but yeah, realistically, I agree. That's like the that's the easiest scenario for the committee. Um, okay, so so we got that. It would be Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Oregon. Okay, let's keep everything the same there, except Alabama beats Georgia, which that could really throw a wrench into things. Yeah. All right, so in this scenario, so 13-0 Michigan, obviously in. I don't... After that, you've, here's, here's, you'd have three teams among this list. 13-0 Florida State, 12-1 Oregon, 12 and 1 Texas, 12 and 1 Bama, and 12 and 1 Georgia. So I think most likely to be in among that group, Florida State. I just, I can't imagine. I know without Jordan Travis, even if they look ugly against Louisville, they're 13 and 0, Power 5 team. I'm yeah. almost definitely in. So, so okay. So you've got Michigan and, and Florida State in. I think of that group, I think Georgia out. Um, just because no conference championship, not quite you know a good enough schedule to make up for it you know wins against Ole Miss and Missouri are, are very good but um I, I don't think quite enough to to make up for that I could be wrong if the committee just says they're one of the four best teams we're putting them in then, then yeah. I'm wrong but I'm betting against that just because they wouldn't have that conference title which they value so then I would say it's then you've got two out of three between Oregon Texas and Bama and obviously like we said Oregon as as I think got to be one of them like they're yeah they're in they're in they're a couple spots already ahead of Texas I guess conceivably Alabama could pass them up but but Texas is not passing up Oregon like it just right unless something crazy happens it just can't happen so yeah Oregon's in and then you're comparing Alabama versus Texas and that's one of the more interesting comparisons because right now Texas is only a spot ahead of Bama but they've got that head-to-head they won at Alabama but but with only being a spot ahead and Alabama getting a win over Georgia and and Texas only getting a win over you know what will be four loss Oklahoma State, I don't feel confident in this one. Like I, I don't I don't know what the committee will do. My prediction is that they would go with Texas because Ooh. because I because of the head to head. But I hear people are I've heard like Ralph Russo who I respect uh, from the Associated Press. He is 
staunchly saying they will not leave out 12 and one Alabama SEC title, which I get it. Like that sounds good, but then that means you're saying that they're putting them ahead of Texas, which maybe they will, but I don't know. So it sounds like you think Alabama over Texas. No. Well, with this scenario, I I agree on Michigan, Florida state, Oregon, the, I, 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 it's, then it really comes down to how those other how those games play out. Like that that could matter. I agree. It's so close. Because, that could matter. They, because if like if Texas, you know, obviously if Texas throttles Oklahoma State, maybe that gives them the edge over Bama. But if Texas wins by like say seven or less, and and then you know you because I think the the committee does have to weigh like Bama would have just beaten Big Bad two time defending champ Georgia. Um, you know, I know there's the home to home, uh, the home or the, the head to head, but, uh, I just, I think it's really going to come down to style points with those, you know, games involved because if say Texas wins ugly and so I think, yeah, cause you know, what's crazy is Georgia basically in that scenario, I think has no shot, which is kind of surprising. I mean, cause you you can't put them in over Bama because they would have just lost. They to gotta them. be. But even if Bama. even if Bama like won the like they did a fourth and thirty one, like if Bama did that to Georgia, you still you can't put Georgia in over over. So so Bama. Bama's got to go ahead of Georgia. I think. I yeah, mean, almost assuredly. But does They're, I guess people would argue does Oregon could Bama pass Oregon too and then and Georgia oh, and stay then, ahead of Oregon? Yeah, I, I just personally don't think so because they will have just. Gotten I don't a good think win. so. If they were yeah, playing I don't like think so either. some chump in the Pac-12, but they're not. USC, so. you can say it. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. I think the committee, I think the committee though would want to knock Florida State out, but they just, they, they can't. I know they, I, I agree. Like they're not, like they would want to put Georgia in over Florida State or something. Yes. Which maybe, maybe I, they would. I mean, they, what if they just said, I, screw it? Like, <laughs> I, that would be so unfortunate because, the the whole four best they say four best because it sounds good right it's just yeah. it's a nice tagline but it's not the four best they, and and no one should want it to be the four best it should be the four most deserving like yeah. that's just who and earned I think it that's what they'll who, do and I think that's what they'll do do as well but um it is interesting it is interesting um okay so well okay I maybe I'm just getting lost here but you. So say Alice, so we we were just comparing. We both agreed Florida State, Oregon, and um, Michigan in, and then we we kind of both agreed it would come down to Texas or Bama. So what if the games go to the spread? So Texas wins, yeah, wins by, by fourteen, and, and Bama, Bama. Well, I guess it wouldn't go to whatever. <laughs> well, yeah. Bama wins by three. Uh, can I, I? I need to lock you down on. I'm right, saying okay. I'm saying Texas in. Saying, I don't feel strongly at all, but. And I don't feel strongly, but I would say Bama gets in. Okay, that's fair. I mean, now I could be. When I first prepared for this episode, I said I was saying Bama in, and then over the last like twenty four hours, get me wrong, just like, kinda... I I could I can hear the complaining coming because Texas beat Bama at Bama, and I yeah. think it was. You could argue it's the best win of the season for anyone, but they're still, you know, they would have just beaten Georgia. That's that counts yeah. for something. So that's why I think it's super close. And personally, I don't have a preference I, either way. Personally, I, I don't Texas. care. I don't care about the head-to-head because just compare the resumes. Which is better? Like, don't you don't double count the fact that Texas beat Bama? You're giving them credit for that in 
in the resume. Yeah. Like you're saying, hey, they beat uh, this great team. So, um, yeah, I mean, Alabama's resume, I think, would be a little better. Like their strength of record would be better than Texas. So the committee might just say head-to-head is a tiebreaker. We don't think there's a tie. We think Alabama's resume is better. I Yeah, I could definitely yeah. see that happening. Um, it, I, I, uh, it would be a – I would not want to be the committee. I would not. No, no. Well, that's that a good question. We're saying what the committee would do. What I'm would just, you? I haven't even thought about what I would do, but what would I do? I, I think I'd have ba- – I think I would have Bama. I don't want to make the decision, but I think, (laughs) I think, I don't know if, if it went according to the spread, because like I said, if, if Texas could make, they would take the, I feel like if Texas like had to kick a field goal to beat Oklahoma state fair or unfair, I don't think they'd get the nod over Bama. Yeah. I think I kind of lean that way too. I think Texas has to win by two scores or more. I don't know. We'll. I mean, there's so many scenarios still. We're but. probably not going to face this scenario, I guess. I mean, odds are, but it's not yeah. super unlikely. Um, okay. Well, so yeah, we've gone through seven teams and their paths. Not that difficult to imagine. Georgia, Bama, Florida State, Michigan, Washington, Oregon, and Texas. But we do have an eighth team, Ohio State, who I believe is sixth in yep. the, the current rankings. Uh, are they out? Oh, well... Are they out? They're not out. Okay. Because when I see people on Twitter like, oh, Texas 6, or sorry, Ohio State 6, they're out. It's like, do people not realize, <laughs> do, have you not gone through the scenarios? Of course they're not out. They could make it. Yeah. Uh, last year they, they got in after losing the game to Michigan, but this year's path is is harder. Um, more things have to occur for them. Um, yeah. And I think, I don't know, There, I guess there's a lot of scenarios with this, but I think they want georgia to win to beat alabama because if bama wins then they're comparing ohio state to georgia and alabama there's just it's like another team in the fold yeah so i think they want georgia to just win Mm -hmm. um and then i mean obviously they'd love an iowa upset of michigan but i don't see that of course so say so so they so they want georgia michigan wins you know that that is um the oregon washington winner we all agree is in so they need mm-hmm. Texas and Florida State to lose, which isn't that impossible. Like Florida State no. obviously is a two-point favorite. Um, it's the Texas one. They're 14-point favorite. Like if Texas loses and Florida State loses, they have a shot. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, if you just – yeah, if Florida State loses, Oregon loses, well, I guess that would be bad. I mean, maybe they don't need Oregon to lose, but let's just say, yeah, Florida State loses. Oregon. I, yeah, the Oregon-Washington game doesn't matter, I don't think. Yeah, because if you're saying one loss, Washington would be behind Ohio State anyway. Yeah. Probably. So, okay. So, yeah, that doesn't matter. So, Florida State loses, Texas loses, and Bama loses. They're in. Because yeah, then you're comparing Ohio State to one loss FSU. Of course, Ohio State's getting it. Yeah. No, they are. I mean, very, very likely they're getting it over one loss FSU. Uh, And then uh, other than that, it's like a bunch of two loss teams. That's who they'd be. So, they're in. Um, But... Yeah, that's uh, quite a parlay they need, but possible. Yeah, exactly. So they they got a shot, which people you didn't think that after the game. I but. mean, their resume is pretty good. They've their only yeah. loss is at Michigan, so right. they beat and it was Penn State. Tight, they won they at won Notre at, Dame. Yeah, they're yeah exactly. Okay, any other thoughts on this whole thing? Any other scenarios you want to run through? No, but just just kind of like you, like I. I don't remember a year where there's been eight teams that have like kind of a 
a legitimate path um, because we've had years where at least even one, even with a loss, is pretty much guaranteed. But no one is with a loss is guaranteed this year. Nope. No. So it's it's pretty wide open. That's cool. I love that the the Louisville Florida State game too is is uh, one of the last games on on Saturday night. Oh because wow! Th- whoever's on the bubble, they know like oh. Florida State loses, they're out. So that opens up a spot. So that's great. Same with Michigan Iowa; it's on at the same time, but obviously just much less likely for right Michigan to lose and Michigan not necessarily. I mean, depending on the scenarios, they're not necessarily out with a loss. They have but, some uh, some big Louisville fans. By some yeah. team that's for sure okay let's uh let's get to championship week picks and we'll go chronological order here we'll start on friday and we've got conference usa new mexico state at liberty liberty's favored 10 and a half yep and it's an intriguing game rematch from early in the season liberty won that one they're they're unbeaten jamie chadwell great first year uh, Caden Salter, their dual threat quarterback, has been awesome. He he finished sixth in expected points added, only behind, listen to this, Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Carson Beck, and Dylan Gabriel. So like the who's who of, of quarterbacks. Um, but that being said, I'm going to take the points with New Mexico State. Jerry Kill, I think he's an amazing coach. Um, they're, they got 10 wins somehow. They, they had that win at Auburn a couple weeks ago. They've got a dual threat quarterback as well. I just think uh, they'll play better than they did earlier in the season. All right, I like it. Uh, Pac-12 oh, championship. Boom! This is this is a fun one. Or if Friday night too, right? Pac-12 title. Oregon's favorite nine and a half against Washington in Vegas. I will continue. To, uh, a week after the Washington loss, you you bragged a little bit about your uh, your Houston and potential Cliff Kingsbury call. I'll brag about after that. Uh, oh, that yeah. loss, I said, Oregon will win out and they'll win the Pac-12 title. You did. Make the playoff and Bo Nix will win the Heisman. And if Oregon wins this, I think all of those will, will come true. So I'm somewhat cheering for it. And Washington just has TCU vibes from last year. You mentioned what it was at eight oh, straight right. games where they've been within 10 points and a lot of one score wins. Just they're lucky to have the record that they yeah. do. Um, and I know they, they, of course, beat Oregon earlier in the year, but that was at home. Washington, an extremely tough place to play. And Washington's just looked worse since then, and Oregon's looked a lot better. So um, I, I just think Oregon has the big talent advantage. I think their defense is way better. I'm going to take them as my lock of the week. Well, I like it. We we see this similar. I mean, I'm, I, and I am personally, I know Arizona's been – super hot but i'm glad it ended up being these two teams for the title just because of the 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 hatred with their their rivalry um but yeah the the it is crazy to think about how much how this spread because the huskies in their game in the the earlier game in seattle they were favored three three and a half points on a home field so say roughly even on a on a neutral field not the ducks are now nine and a half points better Obviously, and most of that is because Oregon has played better and Washington has has not. And I, it's just it's a, it's amazing. And you think back in that that game that they lost, like there was fourth down. We all know about the fourth downs they didn't get, didn't go their way. They missed obviously the field goal, the last play of the game. Otherwise, they they could have pulled it out in overtime. So it's not like I, I just 
I don't know. I know it's a lot of points to give against Kalen DeBoer. He's a great coach, but I just don't want, I said it last week, I don't want to get in front of this Oregon team. So I'm also going to take, uh, take the Ducks and, and Bo Nix. Okay. Moving on to Saturday, Saturday morning, we've got Oklahoma State against Texas in the Big 12 title. Texas is favored. What, what's the number we're going 14 with? 14 and a half here. 14 and a half in Arlington. Oklahoma State, I think, could be the the most unpredictable team this year. Like they get smashed by South Alabama, they yeah. lose to Iowa State, then they rattle off five straight wins, including in Bedlam, um, and then they the next week they lose forty five to three to UCF. <laughs> like what are, yeah. what are we doing? Um, uh, it's just I saw College Football Data, Data's tweet about uh, indicating the luckiest teams this year using post game win expectancies, and Oklahoma State was number one. Um, they, their expected wins based on their post game metrics was was four point eight, and uh, I so so that I, with that kind of combined with Texas's dominant win against Texas Tech last week by like fifty, Ewers is healthy. Um, the nasty defense I think can slow down Ollie Gordon. I'm going to take the Longhorns here to to get the cover, make the maybe make the playoff. Yeah, yeah, I I can see that. Um... I like you. I just I don't know what to expect with obviously with <laughs> Oklahoma State. We've seen plenty of up and down performances from them. We've also seen Texas. I mean, we haven't seen them do what they did last week a lot this yeah, year. The They've also time. had a lot of close games where they kind of, um, you know, lesser opponents hung around. So, you know, it, but then it does worry me that Texas is so great against the run. Like this, that defensive line is crazy, um, and so Ollie Gordon, I could see having a tough time in this game but i am going to go with oklahoma state just trust trusting mike gundy to figure out a way to keep it close they've got (laughs) a wizardry yeah they've got a a defense that's pretty good and this is of course a texas a chance for texas to not be back so that's uh, you you gotta the the outright upset is is in play oh man sark Sark, there's like pressure on sark in this game there i mean yeah, no, I, it would, I mean, like, not for his job, but it's just like, if they lose, it's just, it can just feed the narrative. He's coaching for his job, I would say. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on to the MAC championship Miami of Ohio against Toledo. Toledo's favorite seven and a half at Ford Field in Detroit. Yes. Uh, and Toledo won the, the regular season matchup on the road. Uh, and that was when. Miami of Ohio had Brett Gabbert at quarterback for most of the game, uh, did get injured at the end of that one. So I understand the spread, and Toledo has a really good offense. Daquan Finn, great dual-threat quarterback. Penny Boone at running back, fifth mm-hmm. in the nation in rushing yards. First uh, in the nation with 7.4 yards per carry. That's first among Dang. any of the, the running backs in the top 50 in yards. So um, they're very capable, but... Miami's defense has been great all year, especially against the run. They haven't allowed more than 21 points in conference play all season long, uh, including that game against Miami or against uh, Toledo. So I'll say that they're able to to keep the game close and get the cover. Like okay, it. but moving on, Mountain West Championship. It is Boise State. The computers loved them <laughs> over San Jose State. I actually didn't see what the final numbers were. Like how it was close. pretty close. It was like um, they. Had, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't like a wide gap. I. I mean, I it was only say it was like fifty-five to fifty-seven. I don't know what the average was, but it was it was close. Be like five spots before the week, pretty close. But uh, yeah, Boise's favored 
two and a half at UNLV. Yeah, so yeah, clearly an odd way to get to this matchup, but um, just you know, even factoring like San Diego or San Diego San Jose State just won at UNLV last week, but whatever. Um, it's funny with Boise, they fire Avalos. They're still favored to win the conference title, yeah. and they've been great the last few weeks. They're kind of they're dominating lesser opponents, but they're doing what they need to. Ashton Ginty, um, he's back after missing uh, a month and. The last couple of games, he's been he's really helped them, uh, especially in the receiving game. But I'm going to take the home dog Rebels. They've been so impressive this year for Barry Odom, um, Jordan Maeva. The he's only a freshman, but he's great and can be effective with his legs when he needs to be. They lead the nation in rushing touchdowns. Might be able to keep the ball away from Boise here. Um, first time they're bowl eligible since 2013, and. I know it's it's new blood against the blue blood of of the league, but I think they'll continue to overachieve. Pulled out at home, I'm going to make UNLV my lock of the week. All right, go rebels! Go rebels! Jinx! <laughs> Here we go, SEC championship, Michael. Georgia five and a half point favorite versus Alabama. What are you thinking? Well, I, I took Georgia last week against Georgia Tech against spread that did not work out, but. Dang. Wasn't a fully motivated Georgia, right? No. They they Go they knew the they were going to win that game. I'm not going to bet against a fully motivated Georgia team. They know that if they lose this game, they could be out of the playoff. And so I just expect that we see their best performance, uh, like we did when they blew out Florida, when they blew out Ole Miss and Tennessee. Right. Of course, I don't see a, a blowout in this one, but I just I trust Carson Beck a little bit more right now. I know Milrow's playing great, but. Beck does does not take sacks. He's got a better running game to to support him. Um, and Alabama, you know, they of course have a loss and three very tight wins against mediocre teams. They should have lost last week, if not for a miracle. Taking the dogs, we see this exactly the same way. Um, I'm I'm thinking we're getting good Georgia this week, and like even like last week, uh, Alabama they won. We know they won miraculously, but. It's not the best look when you're going into this game when they were out they outgained Auburn by over 100 yards. They won the turnover battle 3 nothing and they led time of possession yet needed that 4th and 31 still to to pull it out. Um but it, you know what's kind of interesting about this? It's not often you're going to get five and a half points with with Alabama. It's Yeah. So you, they've been an underdog since 2010. How many times do you think they've been an underdog? 2010. So, so it's like 12, 13 years. How many how many times uh, have they been an underdog? I'll say mm, it would have to be maybe against Georgia a couple I'll say five. Very good guess. This is this is the fourth oh, time. Okay. And or, yeah, it's the fourth time and all four games have been against Georgia. This is Oh, the it was fourth, all okay. And and I know they they've they've won a couple, they lost one, but but yeah, isn't that crazy that all four since 2010? I didn't been, realize that. Yeah. I didn't either. Huh. Either I didn't realize either. Wow, but, that's uh, crazy. So yeah, so don't often get Bama as a dog, but even that being said, I'm I'm taking Georgia. Okay, American Athletic Conference Championship SMU at Tulane. Tulane favored by four. Got a injury situation here though oh, it yeah a lot of lust came off this game when you know smu's yeah. quarterback preston stone broke his leg last week it it's too bad because he lit it up this year smu down the stretch was was really impressive um so you know Tulane, they're the defending champ michael pratt he's a veteran 
I, I trust him in this spot. SMU is going to roll out a, a redshirt freshman, and I, I trust Willie Fritz to to scheme up some confusion for him. I mean, if MS, SMU has a chance, they'll need to stop Makai Hughes. He's gone for over 100 yards um, in seven of eight games, had 166 last week against a good UTSA team where they really controlled that game to, to get into this title game. They're the class. Um, their only loss this year was a, was to Ole Miss narrowly, and that was without Michael Pratt. So I'm going to take the green wave. All right, makes sense. Sunbelt, App State at Troy. Troy is favored six and a half. Yeah, Troy has won nine straight games. John Summerall doing a great job there. He's not going to be there much longer. Somebody is going to yeah. poach him very soon. If not this offseason, then probably next. Uh, their defense is great. Gunnar Watson on offense has had a solid year at quarterback. Their running back, uh, Kamani Vidal, seventh in the nation in rushing. So just a well-rounded team. I mean, the defense carries them, but the offense is is not terrible but the best quarterback in this conference at least this year statistically <laughs> was joey aguilar for app state he i don't want to hear it michael i was yeah well he did win me the uh, <laughs> fantasy league patreon fantasy league championship against trey this past weekend so i gotta roll with him i mean he's app state's playing really well too i mean a couple weeks ago of course yeah big win at james madison I think they can they can cover six and a half and then maybe pull out the out, outright upset. Yeah, well, that's good pick. All right, Big Ten Championship, Michigan minus twenty three against Iowa in Indianapolis. Yeah, and the, the over under is only thirty five or so, so the odds make. I mean, that's high. That's high for a for an Iowa game. For Iowa, days. yeah. So they see it like as a twenty nine to six type game, like just ugly, but. I, I, unfortunately, I've I've watched this Hawkeye offense on a few occasions. They, they're just they're not going to move it against Michigan. Um, no. I know the defense for them Iowa is elite, but but they're not playing the Big Ten West here. Uh, this is Michigan gunning for their third straight playoff. They get Harbaugh back. They're not going to waste that Ohio State game by laying an egg here. Um, and the other thing that gives them an edge to play is they're they're also kind of jockeying for playoff seating. Like they, you know, if. They need to be dominant to maybe get number one potentially, or you know maybe at least top two. If that you know if that really matters to them, I think it would. And I just think the elite talent on on both sides is going to outclass Iowa. So I'm I'm going to give the twenty three. It might be square, but I'm I'm going to do it. Hey, the spread is a spread. I'm I'm going to go the other way. Um, by the way, if Michigan lost this, that would just be <laughs> so funny i mean I, i'm not i'm not a michigan hater but that but come on that would be just after insane. all this yeah after beating ohio state that would be crazy <laughs> but uh but yeah no um but I'm, I'm taking the points with iowa we saw michigan against penn state when they kind of realized hey penn state they're you know we've got a little lead here penn state's not moving the ball they're not going to score on us uh so that's yeah, when that's michigan true. just basically ran they're going to realize very very early in this game iowa maybe they know it from the get-go Iowa's not going to move the ball wait a second they, mike i just thought about maybe brian ferentz has just been saving his offense for this game wow what if he just he comes just out playing just chess playing tempo spread <laughs> out that would be that would be something else i mean you know like trying something now no this is crazy they need to play iowa football but yeah they should punt on third down and just go. <laughs> yeah, but no, I could just see Michigan just you know playing like they did early in this earlier in the year where they were playing super slow. 
uh, yeah, and right. not showing much. They don't need to. They don't need to. Yeah, they don't. have JJ McCarthy pass it. They could probably not pass one time, and they would win this game. So I'm going to say Michigan wins twenty four to six, and, and Iowa gets the cover. By the way, I want to bring up the over under for Iowa first half points. Well, what do you think it is? Well, what's the over under? Yeah, for their first half points. Is it two and a half? I mean, that's essentially the same as what it is. So that was a bad question. It's zero point five, but that's basically the same. So, but but the under really? is like a slight favorite, which is crazy. I mean, like their their favor to score zero points in the first <laughs> half in the conference championship. What are There's we no way that that's ever been a no. spread in a conference no. championship game. That's insane. It shouldn't be in any game. Um, like, pretty much any game, unless it's like, like you know Georgia against Mercer. But, yeah, but that's crazy. Yeah. So that's yeah. wild. Wow, I'm tempted to take that over. I mean, <laughs> they just, I just need a field goal. It's uh, something. I know, a safety, like they yeah. safety. I say, yeah, you're two and a half. You know, I take that back. That's a lot of. That's a yeah, big that difference. A lot. It takes away that's the safety. <laughs> but uh, yeah, wild. Wow, that is crazy. All right. Moving on to that game that, Michael, you were touching on that could be very important Saturday night, the ACC Championship, Louisville, Florida State, Seminoles favored two and a half in Charlotte. Yeah, I'm I'm going to say Louisville pulls off the upset. I'm a broken record this year in picking Louisville <laughs> games, but I got to go with Jeff Brom. That's my default. And with, with Tate Rodebaker in there, I imagine, of course, they're going to lean more on the run game. But Louisville's defense, second in the ACC in rushing success rate allowed. FSU's offensive line has just been, you know, not 100% all year. Uh, so I could see them struggling a little bit. And offensively, I always trust Brom. So give me the Cardinals to to end the, the perfect season. Yeah, I mean, look at Florida State just last week. They skated by Florida. I know it was on the road, and they're breaking in the new, the quote-unquote new quarterback. But they only had 224 yards of offense, like, they're going to have to play better than that. And I just kind of want to see it before I believe it. Um, you know, I know Louisville lost last week to Kentucky, but it was kind of a, I know it's a rivalry, but it wasn't a league game. So it didn't have, they knew they had this, this title game coming up. So, and like we've said before with Louisville, it's not just their offense. Their defense is solid enough. And I think they can slow down the, the Seminoles. And uh, so I'm going to take Louisville. Okay. Let's uh, close out this episode with a questionable finish so bobby petrino is reportedly finalizing a deal to become arkansas's next offensive coordinator what unlikely reunion would you like to see happen someday i want to just go crazy and i want to see lane kiffin back at tennessee the vol fans embrace him back yeah, that might be that <laughs> might stretch. that's one of the most unlikely that did come to mind. But I went with Lane Kiffin. I went with Kiffin at USC because I am one of the uh, only USC fans that never disliked Lane Kiffin. I love Lane and you know, if things don't work out on Ole Miss someday and he wants to be an offensive coordinator for the Trojans, I'll welcome him back. Next question. Uh we just gotta get our playoff predictions. What who who are the four teams? Who you got? I'm gonna say Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, Texas. That's same here. Really? Okay. So we we think FSU loses to Louisville, and then maybe Texas is impressive to get over at Bama. Yeah. I mean, get over 
uh get Florida over State, sorry yeah yeah all right uh upset special you gotta i mean you don't have to pick a seven plus point underdog this week because there's not many to choose from but i did i'm going with uh the quarterback who allegedly urinated on new mexico's logo <laughs> diego pavia he's gonna piss go. all over liberty gonna <laughs> ruin their season go new mexico state i like it all right well i'll take uh, i'm taking miami ohio getting seven and a half in the mac title against toledo and i think they played them tough earlier this year and i think they can get over the hump in this one all right and i've got a score prediction 28 24 for new mexico state that's i figured Ooh. i mean if wow. i could i had to get that out there in case it ends up happening but uh, okay. thank you for listening to this episode of the college football bros enjoy conference championship weekend i was saying earlier i don't think it's been a long time since I've been this excited for a championship weekend with eight teams still alive in the playoff. No team having locked up a spot 100%. So it's going to be hopefully fun. we get some chaos and we will uh, talk to you probably when the, the playoff field is set. So we'll see you next week.